0: thank you for listening to Sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. God bless you all. Maybe this is the first time you all see me. It is the first time that I'm preaching here at uh, Schofield Chapel. Uh, me and my bride Diana and my five kids, as along with our sister, friend, Caitlin Oppenheim. We're here. We've only been here for about, I think, three months, babe, right? Three months, uh, if that. And it's been quite a journey, but it's this morning's not about us. Uh, I'm the chaplain at DSB. This morning is that I'm excited to bring God's Word. Yes. And I have been uh, blessed to attend here every single Sunday and to see how God's Word is not only authentically preached, But there is a structure and there's a vision. So I love that uh, Pastor Jeremiah had a vision. Hey, let's talk about parties worth throwing, right? I'm Pentecostal. I don't like the word party. I like celebration. You know, I'm like, uh, this is not a party. This is the word of God. This is serious (laughs) stuff right here. Uh, um, So in order to bring Pentecost today, right? I'm Pentecostal and and, and we're talking about celebrating Pentecost, right? Two weeks ago, Jeremiah brought the idea of Passover. Jesus passovering our, our over our sin. What a great message. I hope you left encouraged. Like, wow, I'm a sinner and Jesus died for me. And God, instead of unleashing his wrath over me and you, he passed over because he saw his blood over your heart. Amazing. Last week, Dan brought first fruits, right? It, Christ is the first fruit. Because of his death. He is alive. And because of him living, his res- if Jesus just died, he would have been any other man. But Jesus was fully God and fully man. That's why on the third day he rose again. And after 40 days ascended into heaven and is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. Not a pope, not a priest, not a bishop, not an imam not a, a Buddhist whatever, not Danny is fan. not anybody else. You know who's interceding for you and I, my dear brother and sister? Jesus Christ himself. That's something to be thankful for, because you have a salvation that is given to you before you as a gift, as a present, like no other religion in the world. As long as you just believe it and you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're saved. But with that salvation and with that beautiful gift that God has given you, there is things that we need to be done as Christians, right? There is a walk. There is a way to salvation. And on that way, there's things we have to remember. Like Jeremiah was saying, the the nation of Israel is so intentional about writing history. Do you understand? They are the best in the world. That's why we have the Bible, the Torah for them, the Bible for us. Archaeological finds that still date back to Pharaoh's time, right? we They're very good at taking notes, very good at telling the story. Do you understand the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, was written by who? Moses. So before Moses, how did they know about God? How did they know about Abraham and Noah? Word of mouth. So their intentionality about community, about family, about faith, was at the center of who they are. So in order for me to talk about Pentecost today and and start rambling on, I want us to take our Western thinking minds and go back and understand what was Israel, being an Israelite back then, what was all that about? Because I don't think we can understand the beauty and the celebration of Pentecost, of God coming down through the Spirit for His people. How can I add value to that if I don't understand the value of what was at the beginning? Makes sense? So please follow me. I'm not going to try to rabbit trail. I know I have a, there's a backstop. I'm not going to preach for an hour, so you guys are lucky till 10 o'clock, you know. But there's a backstop. But still, please have patience with me. I am not. Uh, thinking you're ignorant or unknowing, but I want to take you a little bit, weave the presence of God in humanity by showing himself up to Israel, to the nation of Israel, and showing how his presence was throughout humanity, taking you through Pentecost, what then, after? That's kind of what I want you to understand. So I'm thinking of how can I present the gospel message today to my children? I got five children. How can I present it to Joshua Marcus who are 17 and 16? Imagine being in Egypt now. You're a slave under a regime that is ruthless. And every single day, you're tortured or pushed to work for what? Because your slave master told you so. That's your life. 400 years, that's what they did. But at the tail end of it, there's this guy, Moses, that showed up. Oh, he was Pharaoh. He was, right? He was second under Pharaoh, Pharaoh's son, right? But he was a Jewish, of Jewish descent. No one knew where this guy came from. All of a sudden, he disappears 40 years. 40 years he was under Pharaoh, everything was great. 40 years he disappears. Now at 80, 80 years old, Moses shows up, right? And all of a sudden, these miracles happen. I can just imagine my boys being slave. All of a sudden, there's this guy, Moses, shows up. And miracles start happening with his staff. Changes into a snake. Turns the water into blood. The plagues happen. These frogs, these locusts, these every, crazy things happen. Because this God that says, I am showed up to Moses and said, I want to reveal myself to my people because I made a promise to Jacob that I changed his name to Israel hundreds of years ago. This is a God that wants to be personable, but the nation of Israel are the ones that took notes of this. The God of Israel is the one that took them out of Egypt when Passover, right? When the last plague happened, they went out of Egypt guess what followed them as they were going out of egypt anyone know guess what followed behind them pillar of fire whoa millions yeah very climate millions of people people does not like 10 people leaving egypt folks there's not 10 people there's millions of people leaving and it takes a while you can't just take hey all of schofield let's get right now in our little carriages not in your cars in your carriages and let's trek how long would it take for 12,000, 15,000, whatever, are on this base. How long would it take us to just start walking, grabbing our kids, our children, whatever we have, and start walking? Can you imagine the discussions? Where do we go next? I don't know, we're following this guy Moses. (laughs) And all of a sudden, a pillar of fire appears at night to protect you, a pillar of cloud during the day to lead you, because God was leading his, his people every day. They were being led by God. Imagine the stories that Josh, Marcus, Sarah, Hannah would have during this time. And all of a sudden, we're stuck in front of a, this Red Sea. What do we do? We hear the Egyptians are coming, and Moses puts his staff in the water and parts the Red Sea. And we cross as onto dry land. Imagine the stories. But the, but the experiences with God didn't stop there. The has got even crazier. Wait, but we're hungry. We're in the middle of the desert. How is God of Moses going to take care of me? Oh, guess what? I'm going to bring manna from, from heaven. Manna what? I, I, what is this manna? It just showed up, bro. It showed up. And people were eating every single day because God wanted his people to live. God did it. You, you didn't have to pray for it. You didn't have to fast for it. You didn't have to run 10 miles for it. You didn't have to get some accolades for it. It just showed up every single day on your your doorpost. Well, they weren't doorposts. They were nomads and whatever, outside your tent. And you decided, oh, maybe I'll save some manna for tomorrow. Guess what? It rotted. Because the next day you had to be like, oh, is God going to feed me today? Imagine the sensitivity of your connection with Yahweh. Can you, do you see where I'm trying to go with this, people? People were living every single day with this God that they were, starting to get to know. They didn't have the experience that Moses had. But they're starting, now all of a sudden they're like, we're thirsty, and they start bickering. Oh, it's you, Moses. Oh, you and God, and and you drew us all the way here for us to die. God says, take your staff, touch the rock. Water would come out of the rock. It's crazy, folks. You might think, man, I don't know if I believe this. Well, I'm going to get to the point. The point is, these words, these stories, were passed down by generation to generation to generation. If these stories were false, the testimonies would be false. They wouldn't last. I could make up a story that I saw I don't know what in my Humvee, wherever I was in the field, and start my own religion. You think people would follow me? If it's fake, it would die. People would forget me in in a week. That's not the point. The point is that God was doing something with his people, not just his people, with humanity. Yeah. And that's the same God that wants to have a relationship with you. That's why we're celebrating, because we're trying to remember. Jeremiah and Dan was—we're telling it for the past few weeks, the reason we do these festivals is to not forget. That's the reason. I'm so forgetful. Can you imagine you're in the... Um, you're in the desert and you're complaining to Moses, I don't have food, I don't have water, but bro, don't you remember the plagues? Don't you remember the the sea parted in half? Don't you remember that all the firstborns died in Egypt and my son didn't die? My husband, if he was the firstborn in the family, didn't die if I had the blood over my doorpost. See how forgetful we are. That's why miracles are not going to save you people. That's why miracles, if you see something great, Lazarus raised up from the dead during Jesus' time. And people didn't believe. Thought actually that Jesus was filled with demons. You read that in scripture? The point is, God was with his people. And then you get to Exodus 19. And this is, I think, where we realize as humanity our necessity for a God. When humanity showed up, Israel, in Exodus 19, do you know what happened? You all know what happened? This was right before Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Everyone takes knows the Ten Commandments. But in Exodus 19, the nation of Israel shows up to this mountain. God talks to Moses and says, Stay here, I need to consecrate you all. Why? God wants to talk to his people. But a, a holy, heavenly God cannot You as a human being cannot take his word because it would make you decompose because you're so unworthy and unholy. And God told Moses, consecrate yourself three days. Wash your clothes. If you're a guy, don't be sleeping with your woman. Three days, I'm talking nothing. Get holy And on that third day, guess what happened? The mountain shook. Huge cloud of smoke. The mountaintop looked like it was burning. There was fire coming down because of the presence of God. The people were so scared. They said, "Uh, uh," everyone, millions of people, just think, at the base of the mountain. And God says, if you touch the base of the mountain and you're unclean, you will die. Kill anything that approaches the base of the mountain. And when they saw the presence of God, they said, hey, uh, Moses, hey, you're, you're right. God's my homie, right? He's my, he's my bro. How about you go up there if he's your homie and your bro? I'm sorry I'm using those languages. I don't know. I was trying to be hip. I guess I'm not that hip. But the point is, and my kids are cringy. But the point is, the point is, people, when we encounter a holy God, when we encounter a holy God, you are not enough. A holy God requires holiness. A holy God requires righteousness, justness. And guess what? None of us in this place have it. Right. right. Where am I going with all this? Is that God showed up and presented his word to show you and I how sinful we are and to show you and I what we need to be into his presence. That's the beauty of when the that Mount Sinai experienced when the nation of Israel came. From that day, from that day, brothers and sisters, the nation of Israel started celebrating the presence or the when the word of God was presented to the nation of Israel. This is what it's called the Feast of Weeks. So after Passover, after the first fruits, seven weeks, they call it the Shabbat, is a week, seven weeks. And it says in Leviticus 23, if you read, in Leviticus 23, Moses wrote, you will do this forever. After the Passover, fit on the 50th day, seven weeks, right? Seven weeks. 50th day, you present all these sacrifices. Why? To give glory to God for the harvest, to give glory to God for presenting His Word to humanity. Now you understand the importance of God's word in our midst. God showed himself up all the time in the nation of Israel. They didn't get it. God said, okay, let me bring my word, Ruah, to you. And he wrote it on some tablets for us. But just like uh, Marcus read in Jeremiah 31, God's doing a new covenant, something that's not just written on some tablets, on some paper, but it's written on your heart. Do you understand that? The word of God is written on your heart. That's why Psalm 119 says, how can a young man keep his way clean? How? How can you keep your way clean? Only if you read the word of God. It says that in Psalm 119. That's the only way you can keep yourself clean. Is reading the word and the spirit of God in you to say, don't do that. I wouldn't be watching or scrolling through that. I wouldn't be playing that game, right? That's the spirit of God. That's not me. That's not you. That's God's spirit in you telling you what to do. That's the beauty of God amongst us. So now let's go to New Testament. Yes, we know Feast of Weeks is what the Jewish culture celebrated. Pentecost after Passover. Remember, Jesus was crucified. It's so, so intentional, right? This is God is so good. His gospel is so beautiful. Everything He does is with intentionality. He was the Passover Lamb. That's why He was crucified. During, on the third day, God resurrected first fruits on the third day, right? Now, all of a sudden, this feast of weeks, seven weeks of, of giving God praise for the harvest, for first fruits, all of a sudden, during these 40 days after Jesus uh, rose from the dead on the third day, Jesus makes himself known to the disciples and 500 other people during that time. And in Acts chapter 1, on the 40th day, you find out the last word that Jesus says to his disciples. Yes. You know what the disciples wanted to know right before Jesus ascended into heaven? Guess what they decided was the most important thing. Hey, when you coming back to take over the Roman Empire? When you coming back? When you coming back? Come on, King, come and destroy everybody. And Jesus looked at them and said, "It's not even for you to know this. But you know what's for you to know? Wait here just a little bit of while, and I will send." A power that will help you be what? My witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, in all the corners of the world. Ten days later, on the 50th day. Again, coincidence, Feast of Weeks. If you read Acts chapter 2. Now let's open up our Bible. Sorry, that was just an intro of God's presence. Acts chapter 2. Beautiful, right here, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a muddy rushing wind. Ha, ah, that sounds familiar. Exodus 19, that sounds familiar. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as if fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Why? Because each one was hearing them speak in their own language another crazy, like, oh my goodness, this is insane. Verse seven, and they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own language? And then they give all the people that are there. And then if you go In verse 12, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? I read right before. Okay, verse 11. I'm sorry. Verse 11. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That's what I missed. So this is Pentecost now, folks. So this is... Jesus ascended into heaven on the 40th day. On the 50th day, we get this experience in Acts chapter 2. What is Pentecost? The Pentecost is the Spirit coming over the disciples and replacing the presence of Jesus, who was with his disciples all the time. Pre-Jesus, there was God, right? God would show up and talk to people, to prophets, to Ezekiel, to Jeremiah, to Daniel, to Isaiah. Correct? He would talk to King David. He would talk to the prophets that were, you guys remember, Samuel, Elisha, Elijah? God would talk to specific people for his people, to guide them. Then came along Jesus, who was fully God and fully man. Why? To be our Passover lamb. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It became flesh, in verse 14, and dwelt among us, and his people did not accept him. When John saw it later in chapter 1, and when John saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes the sin of the world. I don't even, I don't, I'm don't, i not even worthy to undo your laces on your sandals, bro. But I'm going to baptize you because I was told by an angel that I need to baptize you. And when Jesus was getting baptized, guess what John saw? He saw a dove ascending unto Jesus and that remained with him. But wait, wasn't this prophesied before? Yes. So just think, Jesus is present with the disciples. God telling his people what to do through Jesus. Jesus dies on the third day. He, he is raised from the dead. 37 days later, he ascends into heaven on the 40th day since his crucifixion. Got it? You guys tracking my math? All of a sudden on the 50th day, now Jesus is replaced with his spirit. Jeremiah 31, 31. Instead of being written on some tablet, I'm sorry, oh my goodness, thank God there wasn't a baby, instead of being uh, written on some tablet, it was written on their hearts. The Spirit of God now is in us, working with us, through us, for what? For us to understand what is God's thinking. I don't need, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Like the disciples, we don't know what the... What's the teacher going to tell us? What do we do next? Do we get some loaves? You're talking to a Samaritan woman. Why are you talking to a woman in our culture? You don't talk to women. Oh, man, he must be, you know, there's something wrong with Jesus. His disciples leave. They come back. You know, are you guys tracking still what I'm doing? Oh, people, like, what do we do? Jesus, Jesus, please feed me. Please feed me. Give me another spoon of oatmeal, right? Like like a little baby. Please give me. But that has gone. Jesus left. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And now the Spirit of God is here and written on your heart so that you may know every single day you can get on your knees, every single day you can open up the Bible and you can say, Lord, speak to me. God, change my heart. God, help me with my depression. God, help me with my anxieties. God, help me with my relationship. God, help me with the situation. God, help me make a good decision. And the Spirit of God knows that. That's the beauty of Pentecost. The word of God now is with us and in us. And scripture says that. Oh my goodness, nine minutes left. How did that go by? Lord Jesus, forgive me. You know, I get, I'm I'm passionate about God. Yes, I'm passionate about my kids, I'm passionate about my wife, but I'm passionate about Jesus. You know why I'm passionate about Jesus? Because He died for me. And if this world would only know that there's somebody out there that is willing to do anything for you, man, you can live another day. You can be a better person. Not because you have the strength and the capability and the will to do it, but because God gave it to you. That's the beauty of the gospel. I don't have to do anything except Him, except His will, except His commandments in my life. And then we execute it every single day willfully, because His Spirit gives it to us. Getting back to Pentecost, I'm sorry. Back to Pentecost, day 50. That happens, huge uproar. These people hear their their languages, talking about the great works of God. Isn't that amazing? Again, not forgetting how good God is. And then Peter gets up and says his big spiel, his big sermon, if you read the end of uh, chapter 2 in Acts, He says it, don't you guys know, you religious folks, right? There were religious men in Jerusalem that day, right? A lot, because they're celebrating the Feast of Weeks. They're all there. And Peter's telling them, man, don't you know, you religious folks, you know what this day is. Don't you remember the prophet Joel in the Old Testament saying that his spirit will come over all flesh and, and your sons and daughters will dream dreams and your old people will prophesy and... Don't you remember Joel chapter 2, 28? And the the, the, the the religious folks are, I think, but I didn't think it was going to come that way. Well, here you know. The Holy Spirit's here. Now what are you going to do? And Peter confronted the people. So what do we do now? Sorry, I, I totally went because I know we have to end. What do we do now, folks? We understand that God is present. We understand that God is in our hearts, that God is working through us, that he gave us his spirit. My wife asks me all the time, we're driving, I don't know, sometimes I'm staring at these beautiful mountains, you know, we've only been here three, at the ocean, and I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm like gone. Like I'm driving and I'm gone. And Deanna immediately asks me, hey, Danny, what are you thinking about? And I was like, uh, you know, typical male response, oh, nothing. But, it, it, but really, I'm the... When someone asks you that question, what are you thinking about? Who knows that answer? If I tell you, what are you thinking about? Who in this congregation would know what you're thinking right now? Nobody except who? And yourself. Isn't that beautiful that no one knows your spirit except you and the Lord? Same thing with God. We do not in this place understand the thoughts of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that, that the Holy Spirit searches our hearts, searches our mind. The Holy Spirit understands God's thoughts. You will never know. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the author is Paul. You will never know the thoughts of God. You will never understand his majesty. You will never understand how to do good and be a good person and be relevant and be able to enter the the holy of holies and be before God. You do not know that. But you know who knows it? The Spirit of God does. And in 1 Corinthians 2, it says it. But if you take on the Spirit, you will understand what God's thoughts are. You will understand what it what you need to do to lead your family, Andrew, to, to take them where they need to be. You know, you know, God will immediately show you, man, what do I need to do? Do I need to go to college? Do I need to go here, move there? Man, if you're in the Word, God will show you because the Spirit of God knows his thoughts, and God's thoughts are way better than our thoughts, the Bible says. Right? So it's simple. So how can we don't do it, folks? How can we don't let ourselves moved by the Spirit of God every single day? I have an answer because I've experienced it myself. The answer is, I don't feel God or know God because I don't seek him. I don't knock for him. I don't run to him. I don't open his word. I'm not on my knees and praying to God and asking for help. Why? Because I think I'm God. I don't say that, but I think I can fix it on my own. How many people in this room think they can fix their lives on their own? I did. I thought I had everything planned before I married my bride. I thought I was self-righteous. I was full of myself. I never drank, smoked, cussed, everything. I'm perfect. Nobody can touch me. God, you could use me. Not all these peasants here. You could use me. And God broke me. God broke me because I was fleshly and sinful. He broke me. Because I thought I could do it on my own. And today I have good news for you, brother and sister. There is a God that gave his spirit that can help you. Succeed and do his will. That's Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. For you to be what? His witnesses. I'm not witnessing something else. If I was in a Humphrey accident, I can somebody came and said, Hey, can you tell me your what you witnessed today? Maybe if I was the TC, I'd experience something different. Maybe some splashing of somebody hit me from the front from gasoline or fuel or whatever oil, whatever. If you had an accident, every single perspective is different, right? Because it's my witness. It's my testimony. Same thing with our walk with Jesus Christ. You can only speak on what you experience. And if the Spirit of God is not in you, my dear brother and sister, then I don't know what witness you have. What are you going to go tell people outside the gates about Jesus? Oh yeah, I heard Pastor Danny talk about some God who's with you and His Spirit is good. Two seconds into the conversation, you lost people. But when you're convicted by something that transformed you my dear brother now all of a sudden you're speaking with power because it's not your words it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through you to reach out to my brother here or to my sister over there and to say I'm capturing their heart from my now that's power that's power when you're all of a sudden a Peter that denied Jesus three times and said oh I don't even know and cussed the slave girl so, I don't know cussed her out. So I don't know this, Galilean. No. But when Pentecost came and people started saying, these guys in the upper room, they're all drunk. Peter got up with boldness and said, what? It's barely the third hour of the day. It's noontime. Nobody's drinking. It's a harvest. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to bring uh, sacrifices to the temple, to the synagogue. Right? It, the, Peter's telling people, come on. You know what the real Answer is, this was prophesied. Now, all of a sudden, he has this boldness. 3,000 people turn to the Lord Jesus that day. And then the church starts growing. Every chapter you start reading, it doubles, and it just keeps growing, the church growing. All of a sudden, you get this guy, Apostle Paul, who used to be a persecutor of the Christians. All of a sudden, he's having miracles. He's in some jail cell because he preached the word of God. They start singing hymns and praying to the Lord. And the jail cell all of a sudden starts shaking shackles fall off their hands miracles start happening why you think that was them that was the power of the holy spirit my dear folks how come we're not that way i'm not saying that we have to do what peter and paul did no that was them but you and i have a great witness that we can tell others through the experience that jesus had in our lives but you have to live it i can't live it for you you can't come to schofield and think that you're just going to get one message from me or Dan or Jeremiah or a judge and think that that's enough for you. That's a lie from Satan. That's not enough. This is just for us community. You need the Word of God every single day, in your mouth, in your heart, on your eyes, just like it says in Proverbs. Man, tie them around your neck. Put them on your forehead. Remind yourself of the Word of God. And then you will do god's will you understand i I, i'm i'm gonna end with this i was moved when this happened february 2015. anyone remember i know i throw a date out everyone's like a lot of things happened february 2015. 21 hostages libya you guys remember so there's these egyptian Construction workers. I think of the Romanians that are here in Honolulu that work for, you know, all these big resorts. They're just construction workers that profess that they're Christians, and they were handpicked one by one between December and January, handpicked, taken into hostage, and an IS, Islamic State terrorists, did a video, February 2015. They showed 21 people in orange jumpsuits, and they got them on their knees. This is real. This happens to Christians everywhere. Read Voice of the Martyrs. And you'll be amazed how girls your age stand up for Jesus. And the whole heavens stand up. And they praise God because of your witness. I'm telling you, there's God can work through anyone. And these twelve, these 21 orange jumpsuit Christian, Egyptian, Coptic Christians get on their knees and one by one, they're recorded and say, profess your religion. They're like, we are Christians. We believe in Jesus Christ. Deny it, or you will be killed. One by one, they said, no. I believe in Jesus Christ. Guess what happened to them? They were beheaded. Next person. Next person. Deny. They got to the 21st person. And he says, you know what? I think I was picked wrong. I don't know. These 20 guys were... Christians, I don't know. I'm not that Christian. What do you think he did? You know what he did? He goes, I don't know exactly who Jesus is, but if these 20 guys are really willing to die and give their lives for this Jesus, I believe in this Jesus. And he died. Talk about pure evil, yes. But you know where I praise and I'm, I celebrate today? I celebrate that those people, their witness lives on forever. That's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was in them. Or else I wouldn't have been able to do it. So my dear brother and sister, today, we're celebrating, yes, we bring in evidence. Jews celebrate Feast of Weeks. The rest of Christendom celebrates Pentecost, the start of the church. My question to you is, what are you celebrating? Now that you understand the Holy Spirit, how do you work in harmony with the Holy Spirit so that you could be a witness for Jesus? Worship team, if you guys can get up and sing the last song. I want to I want to end it here. But I appreciate you staying engaged. I pray that the words that you heard today is not, oh, Danny was exciting. No, th- none of that. I pray that the words of today captivated your heart and your mind, and you will leave this place transformed. If you leave this place, ah, it was a great speech, and you go home and you eat your lunch and it's all good, maybe I failed as an orator. But you know what? I'm not going to put it on me. There's the Holy Spirit inside of here that's working in your heart, in my heart, in my kid's heart, and God's going to do work in your in your life. The question is, what are you going to do now with the truth that's set before you? Are you just going to keep it and hide it, or you're actually going to use it? Take the word of God that has been given to you today, maybe started a fire in your heart and in your mind, and you go home and you're like, I want more. Maybe we need to get on our knees as a chapel and start praying for God to bring more single soldiers in this place so they can understand the word of the Lord. And then they're not going to go home depressed, they're not going to go home anxious. They're not going to have issues because why? They trust the Lord. I'm sorry for spitting. God is so good. Yeah. He is so good. That's why we're celebrating Pentecost. Because Jesus' the spirit is here. He is amongst us. Yeah. And he is working powerfully. With you or without you. There's Christians all over the world dying for the name of Jesus. Jesus. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Ghost that is in them to be able to witness to those people to say that Jesus loves you while they're killing them or torturing them. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, I pray that this word does a transformation. Just like in Romans 12. God, may we not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Only then will we understand your perfect will. God, I pray today as we leave that your word would bear fruit. Just like it says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, control, self control, long suffering. God, help us to have the fruit of the Spirit. If we have the Spirit in us, help us, God, to bear fruit. We ask this. In your most precious name, amen.